This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. And we're off and running on a dubsy Wednesday. What's up, Brigade? It's the Bostonian versus the book. Dave Sherapan, the book, myself, Matt Peralt, the Bostonian. We got dubsy coming on, host of Props Golf at the bottom of the hour, 1.30 Eastern time for his weekly chit-chat with us, live golfers, Playing the open and more. Dave, we have we live in a world in which we have Congress people asking the commissioner of the NFL about banning media members today in Washington. I didn't think today could get more wonky than that. I'm glad to be on the air. How are you? <laughs> I didn't even hear this stuff yet. Uh, I'm good. Um, just, you know, another Wednesday right in the middle of uh baseball season and you know we got a stanley cup game tonight we got mm-hmm. a lot of things to talk about again it's the games and how how do you feeling about our jets breakdown yesterday that was pretty loved solid it. i loved it i hate the jets but i love the breakdown so we'll go into that <laughs> so real quick if you're not in the discord channel you should be in the discord channel because topic number one was being discussed at length last night betprep.com slash chat is our discord channel conversation so my favorite topic maybe ever is to just bitch about the ref, the referees and umpires. Oh boy. Did you see what happened last night with, with the white Sox and the blue Jays? I saw the night before more because I was actually kind of watching a game. Um, they're having a rough series. They're so they're, they're having a rough. Series. This is really bad. Okay. For starters, <laughs> if you had the under in the game, I feel for you so badly because that under should have hit. They scored seven runs from the bottom of the ninth inning on in that game. I mean, that was a yeah. dead under. Yeah. And then the stupid rule, the ghost runner nonsense, but the game never should have gone to extras anyway. So now we know about, you know, Scott Foster. We know about Tony brothers. We know all the names of these referees that are somewhat questionable. Doug Eddings, get to know the name. How about this? From different umpire ranking services. He missed 29 calls. 29. His correct call rate for balls and strikes, 86.2. Six blown strikeout calls in this game. He had a 64% strike accuracy. He only called 25 of the 70 strikes that were called were actually true balls. I mean, this is insane. You cannot be a major league umpire and you have a 64% accuracy rate for calling a strike. This is, um, this is probably a guy getting his shot now called up while some of the regulars are tending to graduation parties, end of school, a lot of things. So you get this stretch right now in the middle because despite the season only being six months, the umps work nine because they got to do 
the spring training games. They got to go to camp before spring training starts. They have a longer season. Um, that would have got me thrown out of the game, though. <laughs> if you keep missing the balls and the strikes, like it's tough. It's His hard. calls resulted, according to Umpire Scorecard on Twitter, um, scorecards on Twitter, it resulted in 2.03 more runs for the White Sox in a 7 6 win. Yeah. I mean, that is a significant impact in the game where his calls, according to their metrics, resulted in two more runs for the, the White Sox in a game they won 7 6. I mean, what do you do? What, what what do you do? I mean, are we are we that closer, that much closer to robo umps? Yes, or at least the strike zone has the to be more that. that this happens. Yes, and I hate it. I, 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 you know, I've had this talk on this show before. I hate the idea that we're going to go to robot umpires. But the more that we see stuff like this, I mean, th- this has to be met with such anger from Major League Baseball. Like they have got to get after it, and they've got to issue comments, statements, suspensions, whatever. But the union for the umpires is strong. And they're very concerned about making these guys mad. That's why Angel, Angel Hernandez has worked for as long as he's worked. Well, they, I mean, they're going to lose jobs, aren't they? They should. That's that's. If you suck at your job, you should lose your job. That's just if if you suck like this, this is a fireable offense. It won't be, but this is when you're this bad. And if you want to have the integrity of the game and taking sportsbook dollars, this looks. I'm not saying the guy's crooked. I'm just saying this is an awful look. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a. It's clearly a bad look, and I mean, we just got through the NBA finals, and we were betting on narratives on officials who right. was doing the games. I mean, and guys have been doing this in books for years, charting umpires, and there's services now that will do this for the books that will give you a heads up. This guy's an over ump. This guy's an under ump. His strike zone's big, so you know, play the under. There's all kind of different angles you can take at it from the from the sports gambling point of it, but for the game itself, it has to be fixed because now what are we watching? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what are we, what are we watching? And forget about the players and trying to play the game because now when you get rung up on a ball, that's a foot outside, that's going to affect your next contract. Every time you, you know, I mean, these things are, there's so many levels and repercussions to just Missed some balls and strikes. Is it hard to watch and take seriously when you're watching a game, let alone when you have a bet on it? It's extremely frustrating because of the way we are conditioned now to get calls correct. So we have challenges by managers for plays at the plate and plays at first base. We've got replay for the ball going over the foul pole or around the foul pole. We've got, you know, pass interference calls that used to be reviewed, no longer allowed to be reviewed, but used to be able to challenge them in football. We've got hockey with Toronto being able to review all sorts of things and, you know, in the crease, not in the crease, goalie interference, not goalie interference. Like we've just opened up this Pandora's box that we're going to get everything right. And the one I feel like the one last bastion of, well, it's up to the guy behind the plate is the umpire who has no check or balance on him. There's no way of calling up to New York and say, Hey, was that a strike? I don't think that was a strike. I want to challenge that call. We don't have that system in place right now. I don't want it. I'm not saying I want it. I'm just saying this is the last, this is the last one of all of the judgment calls that are out there. This is the last one that has no repercussions or no fall safe to argue. And remember, if you argue balls and strikes, whoop, 
you get tossed. Oh, you get game. tossed immediately. Yeah. So um, the chat, thank you to the chat. Brother Dan is here. He was an umpire. He actually went to umpire school in Florida back in the day. Doug Eddings wow. debuted in 1998. SoCal DJ also chiming in that he's he's a veteran umpire. This guy's been doing it now for even 24 worse. years. This is even worse. I would have rather it had been a youngster coming up to his debut and kind of pooped his pants. Uh, uh, this is no, I, I don't like. What do you do when the umps having a bad night? Because this happens all the time. I mean, this happens in youth sports. I mean, the guy this may have had a bad, bad day. Versus a bad ump. This is the worst, according to two different umpire metric websites on Twitter. This is the worst performance of the year of any umpire. This isn't a bad night. This is just, you're just bad. Hmm. I don't, I don't know if there's an immediate fix other than not giving him more games, right. You know, getting him out of the rotation, but I mean, a guy that's been doing it for 24 years has tenure has, has <laughs> he's, he's not going that's anywhere. I mean. The union has got power. I mean, he's not going just, anywhere. Right. And, and a guy like, I mean, he's become almost a, a character of himself. Angel Hernandez is, wow. I mean, when you know he's behind the plate, you know what you're in for. And the pitchers know, the batters know, the managers know. And it's kind of just like, well, this is just another one of 162. Let's figure out how to get a win here and suffer through it. I think, like, my biggest beef is is we got to get it right. Like, just, just, just get it right. Whatever we have to do to get it right. And if you're having a bad day, we'll help you. Like, the tools are in place. Like get it right do you remember tim mcclellan yeah okay so tim mcclellan for my three two and a half years of working in des moines hosted a show called ump's eye view he was on after my afternoon it was an afternoon drive in des moines on kxno tim mcclellan another another umpire that he he worked with did this show called ump's eye view so i would always cross paths like they'd be coming into the studio and we'd be leaving the studio and we'd always have different conversations about games and calling games and umpires major league baseball gave their blessing for them to do this off season it was in the winter time off season show about baseball and telling stories it was an incredible really fun radio program love to listen to it but tim's a huge guy he's a big dude like shake his hand he's a big guy and i used to say to him like do you ever use your size when it comes to arguments? And he's like, it doesn't hurt. It's human beings. You know, we're arguing, we're yelling. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to kind of get up there and get into somebody's face. And I would say, you know, what's the check and balance on umpires? And he would go through the, the system that they had in place with Major League Baseball. But it's, there really isn't anything. There's no checks and balances on these guys in reality. Like, that's what I mean by talking about umpires having to go talk to the media. There's no checks and balances. When these guys suck, there's nowhere to go, but just wring your hands and yell and scream about it. And frankly, they like it that way. Like they like the fact that there's nothing but whining going on because what's Doug Eddings going to do today? Pack up his stuff and go on to the next game. He's just going to go to the next, next ballpark, the next stop on the, on the road for him. There's no repercussions and there's no fallout from when the umpire is this bad. Publicly. publicly. Okay. Publicly. Fine. But publicly is but only, behind. only way we can do it is publicly. Well, behind the scenes, he's getting evaluated and they're like, listen, Doug, you, what were you looking at? Like, you, maybe you should go for an eye test. How could you miss so many? How could you miss so many balls and strikes? Like, we'll show you the video. And listen, if this continues, you're, you're, you're going back down to double A. You're riding the buses and doing all this other stuff. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. You have to be able to physically perform the job. And I mean, we talked about it in the NFL for years. The game is fast. 
Like these are world-class athletes. It's a fastball. If you've ever seen it up close, 97 and it diving down, I think it's a strike. I, I'm not sure. Like <laughs> I never, you know, miss it. Right. As you get older, it's harder to officiate these guys at some point. And again, and they're not trying to money. phase anybody out of the job, but you they have make, to. But I mean, they make really good money. I mean, they make big money and they work nine months out of the year. All their travel, all of their food, it's all paid for. I mean, it is a, that's why these guys aren't going anywhere. It's an absolute dream gig. Baseball, Major League Baseball umpires, they work a lot. They're outside a lot. I get it. Okay. But it's a pretty nice gig. They don't spend any money on top of that. Like when they're working, they bank all their money. Right. They don't spend anything. When they're on the road, food's paid for. Travel's paid for. Clothing, you know, allowance. I think that, uh, none of the clothing allowance. They have a work allowance for their uniforms. But like Major League Baseball pays for their dry cleaning. Like Major League Baseball pays for everything for these umpires. They take their money and they bank it. Now they're away from their families for a really long period of time. So I'm yeah. not I'm not saying it's not a, not a hard life. It is a hard life at some point personally. But that's why these guys don't leave it. They stay and stay and stay because it's damn good money. I get it. But you got to still be able to do the job. You still, you still got to be able to do the job. And now, you know, we've talked about this both on and off the air. You're in with the sports books now. <laughs> like there's a lot of people that are gambling on this stuff that maybe weren't before. Chicago or are legal, by the way. Yeah. I mean, there's, okay. there's, they're building a sports book in Wrigley field. Right. Like and Toronto is legal. Uh, yeah. So, so you're talking about two markets with fan bases who are betting on this a lot who are betting either the over or the under or who to win the money lines run line, whatever it might be. And you're watching these balls and strikes. You miss six strikeout calls. Like it's, I mean, gave two runs in this game to the white Sox. If you're holding a, a blue Jays ticket, you're furious. Yeah. You're, you're, this is one of the, the things like you become not numb to, but as a, as a, as a gambler or someone working in a book, you're just like, you just turn the page and it's another day. And I, I heard a great explanation. Like, you know, you're in this life when none of that affects you. <laughs> like you just kind of roll on and you're like, oh, it's one man. game, it's one bet, but it is yeah. a frustration Oh, because it's, especially like if you're on a cold streak, like I didn't bet this game, but like I, I was going to bet the over in this game. Right. And I didn't, and I was watching, it's like, it was two to one all the way to the seventh inning. I'm like, Oh, glad I didn't bet that game. And then the final score is seven, six. And everyone who bet the over is jumping up and down on it going like, Ooh, look what we just did. And it was one of our prop bets of the day. Right. So, I mean, it cashed the over cashed again on it. So it's just, you know, I, 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 I know people were very angry on Twitter and on, you know, non-gamblers were equally as angry. Just Blue Jay fans were angry. White Sox fans were angry going like, what is this guy looking at? How is he, how is his strikes on this wide and this, you know, balls are strikes and strikes are balls and you don't know what it is. And we talked about this on this show. I don't care about wide strike zones. I just want it consistently called. You're giving me six inches off the plate. Give it to me all game. Right. And that that's not what was happening. <laughs> he was all over the place. And like, you know, our, our chat is so active. And again, thank you guys for, for participating in the show, but like Zach, the hat just dropped, uh, you know, a, a tongue in cheek line. Maybe Doug had a few bets last night, you know, on the over. But that's the problem. That's the, that's the, the natural line comment or something. Somebody may make flippantly. And as a sport, you open yourself up to 
with that. And you're just like, I mean, this is how the Donahue thing started. I mean, there was a lot of fouls. They got a lot of trips to the line. A lot of games went over that you were like, how did that game go over? Uh, well, I don't know how it went over. It just went over. And you're like, okay. And I mean, it's still, the stuff still has to happen. I mean, them scoring all those runs from the ninth inning on, the, mathematically, the chances of that are so small of that mm-hmm. actually happening. I don't think he impacted the, I don't think he impacted the over or the under. He impacted who won the game just by the bad calls he was making. So that that's my more that's my concern more than right. the total. My concern is did he have the Blue Jays or did he have or did he have the White Sox over the Blue Jays? Like that, that would be my more concern with it. And I hope that we never have a scandal like this. And I'm not saying again he's crooked if he even knew what the line was in the game. I hope that never was the case. Most of the time it, they don't. That's yeah. the best part about it. Like we because we live in this vacuum, we we always kind of assume that everybody looks at the lines. But there's the- one problem though, Dave. They're what? flashing the lines in the ballpark. They're putting the lines up on the screen with, with the books sponsoring it right behind it on the home plate. So it's like you can say, I don't know what the hell is going on. And like, dude, it's in the goddamn center field. Like it's right in front of you. Like you're the umpire. You're staring up. It says live line blue blue Jays minus one and a half minus two fifty, whatever the hell it is. Like you're looking up at it. Like you can't get away from it. So we can say they don't know until we're literally putting it square in front of their face. That's a good point. <laughs> so, like, I, mean, I agree I mean, with you. That I they don't, don't know. Pay Sometimes attention, I've, I've been in games where they, they don't know to count, and it's up on the scoreboard true. in front of them. So True. You know, it's true. It's, but, I mean, it, I'm saying there are ways of learning it and it just naturally falling into oh, your face yeah. of, like, oh, interesting. So, White Sox are favorite tonight. Okay. Like, it, I'm with you. I don't think these guys give a flip about it, and I hope they don't give a flip about it and just go and work the game. They don't care who wins. They don't care what the line is. But it's getting more and more difficult to avoid that information. If you're trying to avoid that information, it's getting very, very close. Uh, What do we make of the Angels and Otani? I I feel so bad for Mike Trout and for Shohei Otani. The guy has two three-run home runs last night. He He has eight RBIs, and they still lose to the Royals. Baseball, bro. It's I mean, just Trout and Otani, these are unbelievable generational talents buried on a bad franchise. It is a bad franchise, but is there is there hope to turn it around? Like that's Rendon's done. This keep, he just had a surgery on his wrist. He's done. Go, right. They go and sign him. He's hurt now. He's done for the season. Um, how do you get pitchers to go there? They need pitching. Syndergaard's been decent at home, bad on the road, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They fired their manager. They're reeling like they they don't have much in terms of a farm help coming up. There's not a lot of out, like happy outlooks for all of this. Like they need a Billy Bean type to go there and just have the balls to trade Mike Trout and trade Shohei Tani, restock the farm system and build it up and suck for like four years. And actually have a plan doing that now with those guys. Well, no, they re-signed Mike Trout to a huge contract. They're going right. to give Shoei whatever he wants. Right. I mean, right. they're burying themselves with top heavy talent because they're in Los Angeles competing against the Dodgers. And they feel like in order to get anybody to show up to their games, they've got to have some marquee big name ticket guys. This is the problem, right? With, I think the, the big markets, especially LA, they need a star. Yeah, or at least they think they do. Yeah. To to draw. So, I mean, we've seen this for, with the Lakers for years, right? They couldn't get help. 
they had a guy in Kobe who was, you know, everybody left the help that he had retired or moved on. And Kobe Bryant, who was one of the best players in history, mm-hmm. was on a losing team on the Lakers. And now we have one of the best players in baseball, Mike Trout and Otani, the reigning MVP, on a losing team. At some point, baseball goes, we can lose with them. We can lose without them. Let's go try to win by getting rid of our asset and trade them. Do you think right now the Angels are even thinking about trading either one of those guys? No. Because they don't have the right people in place to have the guts or the courage to do it. I mean, it takes some serious cojones to be able to trade Mike Trout. You're the guy that traded Mike Trout. Yeah, you're trading. They cursed Boston I mean, for a hundred years trading Babe Ruth. Ruth. I mean, it was, I mean, yes and no. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, no, no. Net was a play that you wanted to finance. Trading Mike, <laughs> trading Mike Trout for nine prospects is not a bad idea. Like just go to a go to the Miami Marlins and be like, give me your top five prospects. I'll give you Mike Trout. Like he, Mike Trout, I don't, I think he has no trade clause though. On the yeah, he contract. does. So of I don't think he does. Okay. he'd have to want to be traded. So it, that makes it problematic, but him, re, him resigning there. I still don't understand it. it. It's so strange to me that he voluntarily chose to stay in Anaheim, knowing what he knew about the franchise and what the franchise was going to do. I mean, this dude might never play in a world series his whole career. It's really possible to Mike Trout, arguably one of the, you could put him in the, in the conversation of top 10 baseball players ever may never play in a world series. Look at Barry Bonds did it forever. I mean, it took him forever to get to a world yeah, series. He, so he played in a world series though. I was like, he yeah. played in the, in, in the giants him, and A's world series took him 20 years. Ideally. I, th- I think it was around 20 years to get there. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's such a weird deal to look at that franchise with two generational talents and yet they're this bad. They're so good. Those two players are so good and yet they don't have anything around them. I know. I, I, I there's no quick fix answer. That's, I mean, they were, they were down three runs twice last night and Otani hit two, three <laughs> home runs to tie. <laughs> it was seven, four, Seven seven. It was 10 7, 10 10. I mean, it's sick what this dude can do. The in game was fascinating. I was watching the in game. I didn't make a play, but I was watching it. I'm like, all right, I'm trying to price it and I'm watching it flip so much. And then boom, home run, tied it. All right, Angels back to being a big favorite. Well, wait, they're down three again. What just happened? <laughs> like you could you could have late. I think you could have had a difference in price between like laying between 150 and 200 and taking like six to one mm. back and forth and back and forth. It just was, it was incredible. Um, baseball had a few of those games last night where there was a yeah, lot really. of lead changes. There was a lot of in-game stuff that was. Unders were an endangered species last night. Right. There's all sorts of, all sorts of offense scored last night, including by the Boston Red Sox, who I had the under. I, I got the push on it before we get to Dubsy here real quick. My Red Sox have got life, Dave. What is going on? Red Sox just passed the, the Tampa Bay Rays. They have a better record than Tampa. Huh? I what mean, is going on? This is weird you. to me. We, we were a little early with the call in May. They got hot in June. 
They've been May 10th, well, June. May 10th to June 20, whatever now. But yeah, I mean, that they've been hot for a month and a half Fif- now. 15 of 19, they've won in June. Um, they're in the playoffs, so season ended today. Correct. Twins tied with the Twins. Right. So um, talk about buyers at the deadline. I mean, what, what I, I, I'm what, so, I'm so, what do they need? What do they need? Pitching. <laughs> they need pitching. Desperately. Everybody needs pitching. They need pitching desperately. I mean, Rich Hill wasn't bad last night. Like I thought, I thought he'd be okay. Just get he us was, through five, Rich. Just get he, us to five. Yeah, he was okay. Hurting us. It's, the, it, other, it, the other kid wasn't awful. I mean, the Red Sox right. were up five, three, top of the ninth. They bring in the bullpen and bam, solo shot and my nine under pushes. So I was like, ah, oh, thanks guys. Appreciate that. I knew Red Sox always do that when they're up by two. And they bring in the bullpen. They know they can give up a solo home run. So this grease fastball. So like, go ahead and hit it. If you hit it out, so what? Well, that's the way you're taught to pitch. Like when yep. you pitch with a lead, you don't walk anybody. Yep. So don't go give be him. aggressive, go after them. But I mean, you don't have to throw it right down the pipe. Like, yeah, just, you know, <laughs> bang. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And then they had a runner on and Cabrera was up one on two outs in the top of the ninth. And I'm like, don't even do this, Miggy. It's like, don't break my heart on this. And then he grounded out. So we were right. Yeah. So then, then Red, Sox, Red Sox win 5-4 against the Tigers. Tigers are a really bad baseball team, and the Red Sox are taking advantage of beating up on really bad baseball teams. I'll be Which very curious. you have to do. I mean, we talked about it um, on, uh, on In-Game Live. This is worth a shot at taking, like, you know, and I'm just saying it, but putting Boston in your future portfolio. For? Pennant or World Series. <sighs> <laughs> at the well, price you have, depending on the matchup. I mean, you'll obviously be able to work off of it, but have you seen their schedule in July, by the way? No. <laughs> Listen to this schedule for July for the Red Sox. It's absolutely sick. They play starting on July 4th. Okay. They play a three game set against Tampa, a four game set against New York, four game set at Tampa, three game set at New York. Oh boy, that's a nice two weeks, right? We're gonna know. <laughs> they basically play two teams for two weeks. It's crazy. That's like that's the season games. That is literally the season. The division, the season. That's that's it's a it's an insane schedule for the Red Sox. It doesn't make wow. a lick of sense how it got off like that. But Tampa at home, New York at home, Tampa on the road, New York on the road. <laughs> well, they got to keep winning these games now against the Tigers and these bad teams. They got to get, yeah, well, they've know, got survive uh, that with a 14 game stretch of seven and seven, and we're okay. So they go, they after they play Detroit today, they have a day off Thursday. They play three at Cleveland, three at Toronto, and three at the Cubs. So that road trip has got to be a winning road trip. You can drop two of three at Toronto, but you got to win two of three against Cleveland. You got to win two of three against the Cubs. 10 game trip, five and five at this point. They would sign for yeah. anything more than that. Six and four or better is great. Can't go three and seven in that stretch. You no. can lose so it's it's nuts, but you could play 500 and with the way the Yankees are playing, continue to lose ground in the division. Doesn't make 100%. any sense. 100%. Well, the Yankees just are so much better right now than everybody else. Right. But Again, this I, I I like this. I want the Yankees to go run away and hide with it. Like let them play no stress baseball 
And then when it comes to October, we've seen this before where they don't play oh, a yeah. big, meaningful game and they get into the playoffs and all of a sudden they grip the bat too hard. They strike out too much and they get hit with the pitchers. And then the Yankees do not win the World Series. Speaking of hot baseball teams, before we get to, to Dubsy, how about these Buccos? Pirates are rolling right now. Against the Cubs. Rolling. They beat the Giants on Sunday. True. Three in a row. That's true. Yeah. I, I like, mean, I, I need offense today. Over? Yeah. I need offense today. This is your guy, Thompson. You had him last time out. I went with him, but now I need the Cubs yeah. to, the guy you the guy you guys are throwing today hasn't pitched in the big leagues this year. Correct. And had an, had an ERA of four and a half at AAA. Yeah, not to, not so good. And they're bringing him up to give him a spice first start against the Cubs team. Who cannot, Cubs who can't hit. Who can't hit. So I need the Cubs to hit four, get four runs because I think today we're going to see five from the from the Pirates. Ooh. So I need okay. I need a I need a six four five five type of baseball game here. I need the the offense has to come from the Cubs. Pirates are going to score. They've scored twelve and seven in the last two games. They're hammering Cub pitching. Oh no! Now you're putting it on them. I don't know what you're doing here. Okay. I, I, well, I I bet it. I'm not putting it on him. I bet it. So, so it's already been put on since last night. I, I I needed it desperately. It was either that or the Red Sox under, and I bet the Red Sox under yesterday and pushed. So I got afraid. I was like, I can't go back to it again. Don't I bet the Red Sox under again. Don't live. So. Yeah, you, you, when you live dangerously like that, and you yeah. push. <laughs> Get Move on. Give me a different yeah. game. Just different series, different game. Because the Red Sox could score a bunch of runs tonight. I'm like, I'm not. I mean, Walk has been very good for the Red Sox, but it's I feel great. like he's just due. I mean, the, the 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 Tigers hit the way the Cubs hit. Like they just don't score. But if he gives up four runs, I think the Red Sox are going to score a bunch of runs tonight. I thought about Red Sox on the run line, but I was it's like, man, they're so hot right now. Game three of a three-game series, off day tomorrow. This might be a first inning, yes, actually. Oh, possible. Boston. Get, get to your feet. early. Yeah, your feet. A little your feet action on that. All right, let's talk some golf. It's Dubsy Wednesday. We've got a, a tournament coming up this weekend. What's up, buddy? How are you? Happy Wednesday, boys. I just came out from a fresh pump this morning. You know, Wednesday's not only Dubsy Day, it is leg day, baby. Been doing the (laughs) Bulgarian hack squats, if you will. And that's how I feel right now, boys. The PGA Tour is under threat. It's like watching those big monster trucks just come and smash these poor, innocent golfers. Day by day, there's more casualties. Brooksy's gone. Abraham Anser's gone. And now we got the Travelers Championship this week, boys. The next event for those live bozos is next week up there in Portland, Oregon. Very interested to see what they dish out there, the first event here in the States. But, hey, we had a good U.S. Open last Sunday. We needed it. Matty Fitzpatrick, hats off to you, sir. Now we run it back this week, boys. A very strong field, and it almost feels like the PGA Tour is telling these boys, hey, you better start showing up to these regular season events. We need you now. More so than ever, just like us boys. Props golf twice <laughs> weekly. Back in winners, boys. The peaches, the ripe peaches are here. All right. Uh, I'll go first. Speaking of peaches and ripe, before we get to this week and the live and all that stuff, we got to ask you because we were watching the golf live last week and P. Ralt basically stopped the show and said, Wait, did you see that? There was a commercial on and the dubsy appeared in the commercial and i mean he were looking fresh you walked across <laughs> you had how did your you not tell us on this? the screen how did we not know 
that you were in the commercial dust. A national ad for, uh, during the U.S. Open, and we don't we we hear. Boys. I learned this on a screen, not from you. <laughs> Thicker than a Snickers, baby. Dubsy's <laughs> in demand. The dollar dazzler's here. But I'm only doing it for you, boys. This is top of the list. Now, look, it's no secret. Dubsy loves betting on the golf, but he also swings the clubs like an absolute demon, gentlemen. But, uh, yeah, you know, a couple of commercials floating around there on some of these big uh, mainstream platforms. I, I think the one you're talking about was uh, for the golf, golf channel there. And golf sad, now, yeah. sad, sad part is, boys, they take me out of the golf course and they say, we just need you to make a 15-footer. Here on the 18th, you celebrate like a wedding. You've just won all the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy said than done. Not so easy. It was one of those putts where you hit it too hard, it goes through the break. You hit it too soft, and it, it, it completely moves. Then you've got all these guys snickering off to the side of the green. There's about 30 of them just blah, 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 blah. Just make the putt. Just make the putt. Oh, yeah, it's that easy, mate. That's why I'm not <laughs> on the PGA Tour. I don't get, made, I don't get paid to sink 15-footer slope and left to right. So, yeah, interesting times indeed, lads. Good How many to see takes? How many takes to make that putt? Oh, Davey, that, that it must have been. Uh... <laughs> Are you getting an alert right now? Oh, yeah, it's gonna, it's Is gonna everything go okay? It's an emergency it's, alert, boys. It's I, monsoon I, I, season in, out here on the West you know Coast. What the, or... you, you, you know what the alert was there, boys? It said, uh, Dubsy, it was actually a six foot, and you're trying to tell people it was a 12 foot. <laughs> uh, they're, 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 call, they're calling lies. They're calling lies, gentlemen. It's one of these <laughs> emergency alerts. Dubsy's not out there, so. Uh, Everything's safe in the world right now, but hey, that's what it is, boys. The plus money peaches here on a Wednesday. Dubsy smashing bombs on the TV, <laughs> if you will. And this is a sign of where golf's at. It is all happening right now, boys. That's why I had to do the baby calves this morning, do the leg press. I've got to be jacked up and ready to go whenever I'm called upon. Maybe the live guys are going to call me and say, hey, Dubsy, we need you over here. You know I'm going to go, boys. You know I'm going to sell out. And what about the PGA Tour? Now they're going to do the exact same thing. Eight events, $20 million, no cuts. That's great, Mr. Jay Monaghan. So you've had $160 million you've been sitting on the last two months. Why couldn't you have told us this two months ago? We could have kept some of these big names. We don't have enough in golf to go around. You are watering down the product. We have cheapened the PGA Tour, and now we're stuck with it. We've got two leagues, the Live Golf League going on, the PGA Tour. A little too late for me. Eight of the top 50 players in the world are now playing on the live tour. And you've got Brooks Kepka and Abraham answer, like you mentioned, who went Roy McElroy today, ripped all those guys for flip-flopping and basically saying that they, you know, for legal reasons or whatever reasons they decided to change their mind after saying they're going to go one way, they're going to go another way. You mentioned the changes the PGA tour is making in the wake of it, but does it keep anybody else from going over there? Because you're still going to have to play on the PGA Tour and the money is still not anywhere near what the Live Tour is offering. Yeah, like, you think these guys are scared of showing back up to the boys and say, but you told us two months ago you weren't going to do it. Yeah, I lied. Big deal. Get over it. I just got $100 million. See you later. Where, where? And it's not the prize purses which are going to keep the boys. These these guys are getting $100 million, $125 million, $200 million for Lefty for just showing up. So it's great that Monaghan's got these prize purses, but again, that's not what's taken him there. It is the big cash incentive, and I mean, we always knew Brooks Kepka was going. His brother Chase Kepka, he's ranked outside the top 1,600 golfers in the world. They, get him, they didn't give him a spot for no reason. And look, the guys, what's the criteria? You look at all the names they've got. Some big names, but none of them are in form. None of them have been winning the last 12 months here. 
So I look to guys like Ricky Fowler. I'm like, why would you not entertain it? A guy who's struggling to make it here on the PGA Tour. Why not? Go get the bag, Ricky. Who knows? In two years, maybe the thing's not around anymore. At least you got paid. Dubsy, we talked about it um, Monday, but now that we have you for Dubsy Wednesday, I wanted to ask you about this. What did you make of like the rumblings and rumors and stuff after the U.S. Open of, um, you know, the little guy? Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Fitzpatrick, like hitting the golf ball a little further. And, and and a lot of people are talking about it. Maybe he got into the Scotty Scheffler's talking about it. It's one thing we're, we're talking about it. Scotty Scheffler's right? taking some. Like yeah. what goes yeah. on on the tour like that as far as the play? I mean, when, when Scheffler says it, it's like obviously people are talking about it. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, someone said, is, is it steroids? And I, I mean, can you imagine the drug testers coming in after the U.S. Open? Uh, which which guy? <laughs> Fitzpatrick? No, no, no. He's, he's not doing steroids, ladies and gentlemen. Take, take a look at the cut of him. But – Look, I, I think it's a sign of the times. You need distance. It's proven that it's a huge advantage on the golf course. I've seen the way he practices. I mean, he's always doing the weighted work. These guys, they swing it like 150%. So when they get in the golf course, it's then you know 120%. And Bryson DeChambeau, he put it on the map. And for, for a guy like Fitzpatrick, I mean, he's added 20 yards this season alone, which is drastic. Like, that's massive. Golfers don't usually do that, especially not – a smaller guy like that. But in golf, Dave, it's not about you know, the size of the dog in the fight. It is all about swing speed. So if you're swinging out of your boots, absolutely, you can hit an almighty way. And that's what we saw from Fitzpatrick. And what stood out for me on Sunday, this is a guy who's been in this situation before and he couldn't get it done. But he stood up there. He didn't muck around. It was like 10 seconds each shot. Okay, Caddy, even there on the 18th, what are we doing? That's our line. Club, boom, let's do it. He wasn't thinking, this is the last hole of a major championship. What if I make bogey? What if I make double bogey? It was just execute, stay in your game plan, and it worked for him. For a guy who's you know, struggled to get that breakthrough win, I think that was the best thing for him. Maybe a guy like Will Zalatoris, he can take a leaf out of that book as well. Think less, react, just do it, because you know these guys have got they've done the prep work before. You know, Dubsy, this week we've got a tournament in which normal years, I think a lot of big name guys would pass on the travelers. It's in Cromwell, Connecticut, outside of Hartford. The purse is big, $8 million. But after the U.S. Open, a lot of times guys are like, "Ah, I'm going to go do something else for a couple of weeks or go over to England and start getting ready for the Open Championship coming up in July. But we got a field here that's decent. Scotty Scheffler, Roy McIlroy. Patrick Cantlay at the top right now for the odds. Sam Burns at 17 to 1. Xander Shoffley 17 to 1. Speed at 22 to 1. Tell me about this golf course. Tell me whose game fits this course. Yeah, I think it definitely helps. We're, we're you know up the road here from Boston, so we have got a stronger field this week. Justin Thomas is a late scratching. Uh, this is a golf course where we've seen the likes of Jim Furyk host of 58 TPC River Highlands. What do you need to know about it? It's not a long golf course. This is a very short course where the small ball warriors can absolutely be a factor. I think the winning mark right around 18 under par. Keep it in play, good iron play, but a hot putter is what's going to get it done here. We've seen a real variance of winners in the past. Dustin Johnson, Spieth, Ches Reeves, Russell Knox, guys who really don't hit it a long way apart from DJ there. So that's where I'm going this week. And with all those strong names, the week after a major, I question motivation, but there's a guy up top. I mean, Roy McIlroy, he's, he's in a real... Great patch of form right now. It's not a great number at 10 to 1. I like Xander Shoffley, 21 to 1. This is a guy who's hungry. He's motivated. Good finish last week. Statistically, 
you know, 38th off the tee, 12th on approach, 29th around the greens. He does everything well. That's what you need to do on this golf course. And a couple of young names I'll throw at you, Davis Riley and Aaron Wise. Aaron Wise is a one-time winner on the PGA Tour. These two young guys keep knocking on the door. I love them for this one. And uh, funny enough, Aaron Wise, not a lot of people recognize him, but he won the Byron Nelson, uh, I think it was three or four years ago. The missus runs up to him. It was the girlfriend at the time on the 18th green. <laughs> And he's gone to give her a big smirch, and she's done the old lean back. So it lit up social media. Oh, that's saying, her. You know, how, I how, remember how does he, that. How does he get out of the friend zone? I mean, I would be having serious <laughs> words with the missus making me look that silly. But, hey, nothing silly about his golf game, boys. Uh, Dubsy, so for, you know, people that you, you got to go watch the props golf and, and, and listen to Dubsy breakdown. But how do you – and when we talked about this a little bit after the Masters, how do you handicap the letdown? Or I, I don't want to use the word letdown, but it's not the U.S. Open. And we were just at the U.S. Open with U.S. Open conditions in like British Open kind of weather conditions. Yeah. We're getting a completely different thing. When you handicap it, you've got to really look at it like it's a different thing, right? There's not much carryover this week. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. And, and that's why I touch on motivation for the big names. I mean, it's not just getting beat up last week for four days at the US Open. It's the week or two prior. You know, you're working extra hard on your game. You fly the coach in. You've got the family, the friends there. So it is exhausting come Sunday night, especially if you make it through the weekend. So a lot of the times the week after a major, these big names, they show up, good intentions, but they really struggle to get out of second gear. So I like guys who do, do have that hungry factor. I like the young guys I threw out there, I like some of the big names who maybe, you know, didn't finish in the last few groups there on Sunday afternoon, and they're eager to get a win, like Xander Shoffley. So I definitely think this is the kind of week where we go value. And the books, obviously, they're going to put the big names as still the chalk because you have to, right? We know they can win. We know their world rankings. But I think it's a great opportunity for the value play, Dave. I'm obsessed right around that 30-1, to 40-1 to 1 mark this week. That is where I'm living apart from the finishing positions, plus money peaches, you know, we're dishing out dimes in that department. Last one for me, then I'll, I'll let Dave finish up with you. So we normally see a schedule where into July, the Scottish Open guys either stay in the States and play the Barbersole if they're not playing at the Open Championship, or they go over and they play a PGA Tour event before as a warm-up before. We know the live golfers are going to be allowed to play the Open Championship. How do they prep just on their own without competition? Does that impact at all when it comes to the quality of golf we're going to see at the Open Championship? Yeah, absolutely. If you don't get those competitive reps in, it's really hard to just show up and find your best stuff. And that's why I'm critical of Tiger Woods' chances. I mean, it doesn't matter how many balls he hits in the backyard. You show up, tournament conditions, you just need to have that grind, that ability to score. How do you get that? You get it from playing tournament golf. So I think those guys coming from the Live Golf League are really up against it. The same last week, we faded every single one of them. I think three made the cut, but none of them were ever a factor. I'll be doing the same again in three weeks. And for those guys who are taking the bag, for me, they're recognizing that golf is not it for me. It's not everything. And maybe I'm going to give up on my world ranking. I'm happy enough to probably not win another big event ever again. You know, They're not going to win on the PGA Tour. I really can't see any of those guys winning a major championship. I mean, who, who are the big threats? Dustin Johnson. I was actually surprised he, he made it through the cut last week. Abraham Answer. I mean, Answer's too busy with his clothing line. Tequila, he wants to give back to the golf. But even these guys at their best, uh, you know, DJ, well, number one. But for a guy like Abe Answer, I mean, 
He was busting out of his shoes just to get a breakthrough win on the PGA Tour, and it's one win. It's not like he's got 10 to his name in the last two months. So these guys are showing up with anything less than over-preparing an A++ in terms of their game. They're going to get lapped. Look at look at all these guys on the PGA Tour. Some of these young names I just threw out, you, you take them over there, they're going to win every single week with, with these live events. So it's not enough for them to show up. You need match reps. You need the practice. And right now, the, the best of the best will still be coming from the PGA Tour. No two well, ways about it. And, and they also, I mean, DJ said it. I, I, I'm going over there to play less golf, not more golf. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're somebody say that it's like, what, wait, what? Like, and where, where, where's the motivation, Matty? Like DJ's just copped a check for say 125 million. That's the number it's speculated. What, why is he going to go and hit, hit the, the practice fairway all day to try and go and win what a, a, another 4 million? No, nah, I don't think at that point it's going to be motivation for him. So I'm going to go fishing on my off weeks. I'm going to take the family to the Bahamas and what, what's my contract? So I've got to show up to the event in Portland in two weeks' time, okay, I'll be there, but my, my best golf game won't be. I'm going to show right. up, play the 54 holes. There's no chance of missing the cut, wine and dine, and get the bag. Payday, boys. That's what it's all about. <laughs> You're always about getting the bag, getting the reps, it, hosting baby. the shows on the That's sports it, grid in the Dave. morning, props golf every week. This is what you do. Dave, my, my ideal day is going to have a bag of cash in each hand, just sitting sitting on that leg press, baby, doing the press ups, <laughs> stacks, stacks, chips, winning, cash. What a way to live life, who's boys! Who's winning the hockey game tonight on the way out? You got Look, Colorado. I, mate, I, I gave I gave Lightning no chance in Game Three. The first couple of games, I said this is boys taking on the men. Then it came from nowhere. Vasilevsky. Run it back, boys. Run it back. Home ice, maybe it is a thing. From what I saw early there, Dave, Avalanche are quicker. They're stronger. Too fast, too furious. Just like me making that 15-footer in the commercial, boys. Making it look easy out there. Maybe in the edit room anyway. <laughs> Get out of here. My friend, you're the best. I appreciate the time as always. We'll catch up with you next week, all right? Always a pleasure, boys. Props Golf Twice Weekly, the plus money peaches. If you want to live a little and make a bit of cheddar, maybe go out for a couple of nice steak seafood dinners on Saturday night. Dubsies dish them out. Go and check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Wise up to yourselves. The one and the only Mr. Dubsy, Dubs Anderson, host of Props Golf two times a week here. YouTube video, <laughs> audio, where you get your audio podcast. Go search Props Golf. He says Saturday night, and I just get excited. That's all. Saturday that's night. You can just come on and say Saturday night. The Toa. The Toa is what I get. I, I always laugh at you on the PGA Toa. Absolutely. <laughs> he puts W's where R's are because we, yeah. we, take R, we take R's and remove them from words and add them to R's to, to, to words that don't have R's. Right. That's the Boston accent. He has W's to words <laughs> that, don't, that don't have W's in them, the which best. is just phenomenal so go to check out Dubsy for sure oh, uh, all right so you kind of let into it here let's let's start with hockey and get into game four tonight so there are some interesting news here Kucherov's playing for the Lightning, yes. which yes, is big is. yes but Kadri may play for the Avalanche he's a game time decision and he the, he is right now trending towards playing tonight for the Avalanche yeah so that's Kind of a, I think that's almost like a wash. You get Kucherov playing, but Kadri playing for the Abs is a big deal. Well, Kucherov was already playing. Kadri wasn't playing, so them adding him right now would be huge. That would um, that would fill some minutes on a couple lines. Um, both the injuries they had in Game Three. 
that's so the move. You can see it uh, as far as the lines right now. I mean, it was minus one ten both sides to open, and it's not really moved in a lot of places. But like Circa has already put it at one hundred seven, one hundred three for Colorado. Uh, yeah, so they're tightening up the line. I mean, it's a coin flip. I, 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 I think I like Tampa again, but I've liked Tampa in Game One. Game Two, I wasn't so sure. I was like, yeah, I'm just we'll just bet that game under. And again, seven nothing didn't get there. Uh, game Three was good. Tampa wins, gets down and wins, comes back. But I like Tampa tonight. Cadre playing is interesting. I mean, does that in your mind affect the handicap? I don't know what to do with this game. I've got to be dead honest. I'm only betting it in game. I can't, I cannot square the circle pregame. I do not know. I can make a case, a good case for either side and the, and the over and the under. I can, I can talk myself into all four bets tonight. So I'm just going to wait and watch and see how this game gets played in the first couple of minutes. Yeah. I want to see the jump for Tampa. And I want to see what the avalanche look like in the first 10 minutes. A part of me wants to bet a goal in the first 10 minutes. Cause I think we're going to see offense And a part of me. If I had to pick a side, I probably would bet the over six tonight. It's six under a quarter again. It's moved. It was started at six flat. Mm-hmm. And I think the books were okay with, you know, putting that up thinking, is anybody actually going to bet over? Because they haven't yet. It's three mm-hmm. games and they haven't done it yet. So, I'm just going to wait for in-game. I mean, I'm going to wait. If, if we don't get any scoring in the first period, I want to see how low will the books adjust? How quickly will they drop this thing down? And do we get a chance to bet over four and see if we get a big second period or bet over in the second period? I don't think, I don't think you're going to adjust it too much. Like, I think there's going to be a goal in the first period. If you had okay. to bet first period over under, you said you bet over? Yes, over one and a half goals. And a goal in the first 10. See what that line is right now. First period is because betting in game for this. I mean, how how to bet the in game tonight? I think is the most pressing question for for me at least as to how to approach this. Because pre flop, I don't see any real advantage. Right, overs minus a quarter over one and a half, which I mean for a playoff game, it's usually under minus fifty. I mean, in the regular season, we saw so many unders. Um, for a while, mm-hmm. we talked about the officials in the baseball and the, and the ups. What what do you? We talked about it a little bit. I believe it was Monday. Yeah, yesterday it was three. When we talked about how you thought the game was going to be called, are you still you still think it's going to be tight game as far as less penalties or more penalties? More penalties. They like offense. They want power plays. The yeah. Abs are five of ten. They want power plays. They want scoring. The league, they, the ratings are up across the board. They've been up across the board. The last thing they want is a one nothing hockey game tonight. I think that's what they're going to get. one nothing hockey game? 3-2. <sighs> Tight game. I think it'll be, it'll be a very engaging game. I think it will keep – I mean, like – I mean, because honestly, how many people were watching a third period of, of the second and third game? That's my point. nothing Right, that's not good. And it was six two final the other game, and it was decided. It was already six two. It wasn't it become six two in the third. It was six two five two going into the third or whatever it was. So 
Um, I think we get the close competitive game, and I think we get the under game that we've been talking about with less penalties. I just hmm. think sometimes as, as as the series goes on, things get a little more heightened. I don't know. I think Tampa's going to – I'm going to say the same thing I said going to game three. I don't think Tampa can play their typical style. I think they get beat. They got beaten game one and game two. Playing t- they were wide open in yeah. game three, scored six goals. I think the same approach happens tonight. They go wide open. They just – they don't play their defensive shell style. They're going to try to go as fast as they can on the counterattack force turnovers, force penalties, score as much as they can, use the crowd, use the energy, and get after Kemper. Do we know if a Kemper is a Kemper in that tonight? They haven't said yet. Okay. So, I mean, you, you said you they're start? going back to Frankie. I think he, Frank I would start Frankie too. I would have started Frankie at the beginning, but I think they start Kemper. <sighs> I do. Why? I just don't get it. I mean, I think you're probably right. He's he he's they claim guy. he's their he's their guy. He's their one starting he's gave up guy. five goals and yanked him for Francos. I I don't I just don't understand. I would play Francos. I would I would sit there and say he's six and oh, and we win this game and we're up three one going home, where Tampa is not that great on the road. And I think again, um, is that the scenario? Are you convinced that if Colorado wins game four, it's over in five? Yes. If the Lightning win tonight, we're going seven. Ooh. Lightning even this up two games apiece, we're going seven. And if the Avalanche win, it's over five. five. Yeah, it's over in five. All right, so all those in six bets, either Avalanche in six or Tampa in six, you can just eliminate from the portfolio. In my opinion, <laughs> which, is not, which is not always accurate, so, which, is a, which is a coin flip of being accurate. So that's just my opinion. I, I think tonight for Tampa, if they're going to win the series, they have to win tonight. Colorado was up 2 nothing. Was it on Vegas just recently? They, they were up 2 nothing against Vegas and lost four in a row. The same scenario. They won the two Different home team. games. They came Different back team. here. Different team. Yeah. I mean, it can be done. I'm just, I'm just, of I'm course just trying to present done. the yeah. the different scenarios and try to correlate it with the numbers. Um we'll see. Kucherov's status tonight, health-wise, we'll know first couple shifts what he's going to shoot do. it up. I think he'll be fine. They're going to shoot it up. He'll play fine. He gets hit on the knee hard. I don't know, but I think if, I think in the beginning he'll be, he won't be able to feel it. <laughs> he'll just play on it and he'll be numb. So I think the first five minutes are going to be so physical. Mm. It's, it's just going to be um, whoever gets a penalty first and, and allows a goal. It's going to be a bit of a mountain to climb. They got to be careful about getting penalties, but I think it's going to be his phys- most physical hockey game of this series will be tonight. Then referees going to call penalties. Maybe if it's physical, we're getting, we're getting the arms up. Yeah. So it's then we're going goals. So huh. <laughs> I agree. I, I think physical and physical is possible, but then we're, you know, we're, we got hands being raised left and right on this. Yeah. So yeah. I think you see power plays, you see power plays, you see the over. We're getting four two, four three, five three, somewhere in that range. If you had a Tampa series bet, Matty Rafferty, I do. ask in the chat. I do. Plus one sixty. I do. <laughs> okay. Would you bet the Avs in five to hedge it? What's the price? 
plus 200 still? Plus. It was plus 200 yesterday, right? Gosh, yeah. I hate to hedge with a bet that I could lose based on games being played. It's, not, it, it's right. It's not really a hedge, right? Yeah, it's not. You, you're not hedging as much as you're betting there. I, I don't think that's a hedge position to take. I mean, you could just bet I, I'm just hoping five to games game. right. is plus 220. Yeah, to thought. Yeah. And seven games is plus 162. Just get me to a game seven so I can bet the other so, I mean, side. <laughs> you already have, right. You already have the other side with the Tampa bet. So, I mean, you, if you think the series can end in five games, you take 220 right now. But, but then if it goes if, six, we lose. If Tampa and, loses. And lose both right. bets. <laughs> so, like, it's on ahead. No, now, no, now you have to then, right. You have to bet the individual games as well. Like, we, you know, I, I bet Tampa in game three. Right. To offset my Colorado over Tampa head exact the ticket that I have. I was like, okay. all right, you know, uh, instead of adding more to the Colorado side, I'm going to take Tampa in this game. And then if that loses, okay, I lose that. I just win less, but it's not a true hedge Rafferty. It's not, it's not yeah. a true hedge because you could lose both. I mean, I don't hate the bet in five. It's just not because I have the plus 160. I, I took the plus 160 in the hopes that Tampa won game one and then being able to bet the Avs for the series when it was either going to be even money or potentially getting some plus money on their side to try to get you know plus money on both sides. Now, with the Avalanche, are they still minus 300? Yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, you can't hedge off that. <laughs> like right. You can't. That's not a number you can play off of yet. So I'm just hoping that we get to a game seven and then I can, I have plus 160 and I can bet the avalanche on the other side and we're guaranteed to be profitable. So that's sort of my, my angle, my hope on a game seven, which is why I like Tampa tonight. But I don't know. If Tampa scores first, what do they go to? If they're minus 103 right now, they score first. What, what, minus 200? If Tampa scores first, what's the in game money line? Oof. That's expensive. Yeah. So. Well, that, that's the volatility of the in game. Yeah. How, how crazy it goes. Yeah. All right. Let's talk some football. Did you know? Did you know the best uniforms in football are coming back? The best are you ready? In football? The best uniforms in football coming back. Big announcement this morning. Pat the Patriot is back, baby. The whole thing? We don't know how many games yet. We know it's at least one. It may be more for Pat the Patriot coming back. What? Oh, this is like the Chargers when they teased you like wearing it one game a year. And yep. then they finally decided, just bring it back. Just bring Patriots it back. needs to bring this back. This should be their permanent uniform. This yeah. is this is what the team, this is what the fans want. This is what the media, I mean, these, these are the best uniforms in football. And we're going to go with the flying Elvis? No. Look at that. Look at that helmet. Look how tight that helmet is. Give me that 17 games for the Patriots. Oh, it brings oh, back glorious. such great. Oh, that's glorious. Please give me this every game. Get rid oh, of the blue. Gosh, Get rid of the flying Elvis. Just give me that. Oh, is that awesome? So good. So at least one game we're getting 
the Patriot uniforms. I told you I wore that jersey in 1986 when I played in the Super Beautiful. Bowl. They must I, have been listening to the day. show. You guys were talking about this last <laughs> week when we covered the Pats. Yep. You said bring it back, and then they did. <laughs> yep. I want it back permanently, though. I want all of it. I want every damn. I want it all. I want 17 games of this of I'll Pat the Patriot. Give me the white, white, the, the white, the, the white, 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 all white unis. Oh, they're so tough. So with nice. The white helmet, and it's then glorious. the red jersey at home. We can do away with that blue Elvis thing. That's done. So, so I, I love it. Robert Kraft needs to do it. I did a whole back to the future thing hype video today with Matthew Slater and Matthew Judon. Hold, hold on one second. Just keep talking. Hold on one second. Yeah. I'll be right back. Hold on one yeah. second. So we've got this uniform. I don't know where my hat is for the Patriots. For my, my Pat the Patriot hat, but I would put that on if I, if I had it. But we're going to get at least one game out of this. Moises Tatupu, Craig James, Tony Eason, Steve Grogan, Irving Fryer, we're Morgan back. Stanley. Uh, who else? Who else? Raymond Berry. Uh, who, do you, who are you, call, you calling up old Patriots? I'm just going. I'm going through, through the eighty. Going through my my memory banks of the '86 Patriots. Stanley Morgan. <laughs> just said it. Said it. Irving Fryer, Stanley Morgan, Moses Dupo, Craig James, Steve Grogan, Tony Eason. Uh, even before that, I mean, Steve Grogan was the back. Was a, he was '86. Yeah, he was backup yeah. in '86. Um, was and John Hanna on that team? John Hanna was the Hall of Fame left tackle. Mm-hmm. Was Russ Francis the tight end? Oh, on 86. Don't know if he was still on the team in 86. He coached the team though. So I can't remember um anyone defensively. 56, Andre Tibbet. Oh. Was our version of was our version of LT. LT. Yep. Best defensive player in, of my lifetime. Best defensive player for the Patriots. Right. He was incredible. Hmm. <laughs> off the edge that dude was sick and he was so smart and his, his, his post career was so interesting to listen to him talk in the media he was such a, he's, a, he's a brilliant dude right tip it tip it's a brilliant guy i don't remember many of the dbs i can't actually i can't remember any of them at the moment for the defensive backs of the patriots on that team but yeah that was i mean it if they won a Super Bowl wearing these uniforms, do you know how happy I would be to rid the stench oh, of '86? Stop with the Super Bowl stuff, please. What do you mean, stop? Super Bowl with this, please. We got Come six. On. We already got six. Why not go for seven? Go for eight. I may never see another one in my lifetime, and I'm perfectly comfortable with that. I you may never, see, never see another Super Bowl for the Patriots. I may never see another one. Oh boy, why? Cowboy fans thought they were going to win in, in 19 in 1999. If you said the Cowboys, when are you winning your next one? They would have been like, oh, in a couple of years, it'll be good. <laughs> You're they won one. Have they won one since? It's been 24 years. So I, I'm I'm perfectly comfortable that the oh. Patriots could be the Dallas Cowboys. Very much aware of that's very real that the Patriots may never win another ring in my life, and I'm totally fine with it. I was an adult for six of them. I wasn't even, I wasn't even a kid. I was an adult. I remember all of them, where I was, what happened, when I was watching it, all of them. All nine Super Bowls, I remember. So do I, for various reasons. <laughs> <laughs> needing, needing them in the book, watching for two weeks straight, people coming up and betting them nonstop. Patriots over. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Although, I mean, the, one of the best Super Bowls that – we ever had in the book was the Eagles. Super Bowl that the Patriots won against the Rams. Oh wow, really? Oh, the first one. Oh, I mean, there were there were thirteen point dogs. So no, that one was interesting because 
Um, that was that was good. But the one against the Rams where it was a low-scoring game. 13. Oh, the second one. The second one against the Rams. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Against Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah, the under. I had the under that game. I was very proud of myself. We put the score in at the end of that, and I have never seen grown men almost cry over <laughs> But, like, the executives were like, what? That was a seven-figure win for us wow. at CG. On the total? On the game. Just, wow. just before we did a prop. We didn't oh, because everything missed. Because every prop missed. Everything missed. Yeah, everything missed. We just kept grading stuff, and it was like, what, 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 what? I mean, the end game was unbelievable. I couldn't get a single bet on the over. I kept moving it down by seven points at a time. Wow. I had the end game at 21 and a half. 13-3 was the final, right? Yeah. We were sweating the no touchdown scored in that one. Right. That was the bet. Yeah. You take bets on that, never move the line. It's 100 to 1. (laughs) <laughs> oh, the exposure's like oh, we we lose six hundred thousand if there's no if there's no you know wow. touchdown, touchdown score. Yeah, how's there no touchdown score? It got to the second they scored, half. Like they scored the um, one on a turnover. It was six. It was a three. It was three three in the first half. Right at yep. halftime, three mm-hmm. three. Patriots got a turnover that led to that second. The only touchdown it was uh, something strange. Right, it, it wasn't like a, a, t- a tr- like a drive a down short the field. field or something. Yeah, yeah, they did. They, they ended up scoring. There's some in the fourth quarter turnover. Something happened. Get the Patriots good field position. They went and scored a touchdown. It was ten three, and then they added the late field. White goal. scored the touchdown, right? I think it was White. Sounds right, remember. James White. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I just remember like whew, we had dodged that bullet because the Patriots were what six point favorites in that game. No, it started pick them. Rams minus one, and it went the other way. Yeah, I, I remember. I bet the Patriots to uh, whatever the point spread was. I bet the Patriots on the point spread. And then I bet the under in that game. Yeah. And then I didn't bet props in that game. I just bet that those two sides. But I thought the Patriots would score like 24 points. And I thought the Rams would score like 10. Because the total was like 41, right? 40, 41. So no, range. high. It was in the 50s. I think it was oh, okay. 51. So, yeah. I knew about the under, but I didn't think it was and that just- high. Buried ever. Oh gosh, that was that was a that was a But I remember every one. Like I remember, you know, them winning by three against Carolina yep. because it fell three, and I was like, yep. did, did that really just happen? And then they beat the Eagles right by three. Yep. I think it was 24-21 Without looking, I think that was the final. It was just the <sighs> puke, first puke game, puke game for McNabb. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't all remember the these things. Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. Three because because it was because yeah. everything was three. The first three wins were all done by three. Vinatieri won all three games. Yeah, yeah, he, that became he, a real thing yeah. every time the Patriots were in it because we you put that prop up with well, a game, you know, be exactly decided by exactly three, three points, and you never really took a lot of bets on that unless the Patriots were in it, <laughs> which is, <laughs> I mean, a lot of their games. Thing. Yeah, it's crazy. And, yeah. and then the second time around, too, the, the 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 three and four years the second time around were, were all were all tight games oh. that came through for them to win. Um, from one Patriot team to a former Patriot. So we the chat alerted us yesterday of this that Rob Gronkowski had announced on social media that he was going to retire. Yes, but then his agent Drew Rosenhaus pissed me off yesterday. Man, oh, what are these guys doing? So Rosenhaus says it will not surprise me if. Tom Brady calls Rob Gronkowski in week 12 and Gronk comes back right in place. Yep. So is this just to avoid training camp that Gronk doesn't want to, is, is he doing like the Brett Favre thing? Like, I don't want to go to training camp, but I want to play the games. Yeah. 
Everybody wants I mean, to play the games. This is the, the 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 hard part is the practices in the in the in the camps and all that stuff. That's I say it all the time to some of the parents of the kids I coach. Like, boy, it's nice that you show up for the games. I'm at practice three times a week with these kids. Like, you know, and you want to know why they're not doing this or not doing that. Come to practice and ask. Rock's to the point now where he don't have to play. But if you were to bet it, is he done? I mean, not hearing now that I hear Rosenhaus, no. Initially, I was, yeah, he's done. But, you know, he said, I walked away. I'm walking away from football again with my head held high, is the line that he said on the release on the social media post. So a part of me says, like, yeah, he is done. But I don't know. It's different. When you play quarterback, you can step back in and play the position because you don't get hit. Like playing tight end after not playing the whole year and getting cracked. I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you're asking to do that. Well, yeah, right. I don't think so. Because once you stop and your body feels normal again and all this other stuff, you're going to go play the last 10 weeks or the last six weeks of the season and wake up Monday and be like, man, I can't move. I got to go. I got to go. Catch Brady. I know, but it's Brady. The only thing that gives me the pause is like Brady's playing. I, I I always thought they were tied. Like Gronk walking away, and Brady's like, "Yep, I want to play." I tried to go play for Miami, but I'm going to play for Tampa. I don't know. It just something tells me that Gronk that that is being floated for a reason. That he's come. That he's going to play at some point. That like he'll figure like he'll just week 10, week 12, whatever it might be. They have a big injury. Mike Evans gets hurt or something. And then Gronk rides in on his horse to save the day. <laughs> They're getting annoying. I mean, Brady's getting annoying. Oh, Brady, Brady run is this is getting annoying. Like it's just getting really too much. Yeah. They would never be allowed to do this in New oh, England. Really? Never in a million years. They, Belichick would never allow this to you say this. Go ahead. But do you, you disagree with me that Belichick thing. would ever No, They never would be allowed to do any of this nonsense with New England. Of course not. And Bill is, I, I think Bill is sitting back in, in Foxborough going, thank Christ, I'm not dealing with these <laughs> morons. Like, I, I think he's in love with the fact that he's not dealing with these yahoos who are out here doing the social media. Brady doing his, come do Brady run. I my new clothing line. Like, <laughs> shut up. Just please shut up. It's really outrageously annoying like i like the social media stuff i like the tongue-in-cheek toying around with people and like firing back that's all fun and good this new brady brand of marketing stuff is nauseating and now we've got gronk and oh. retirement and like no like i i I'm, I'm beginning to get to my end with these two of being annoying is this wholesome. is this do you think all your people up in new england are starting to feel the same way I think they felt this way. I mean, somebody wrote to me on Twitter, a, a brigader on Twitter wrote, what do you mean they're starting to become annoying? Thank so, you. Whoever said that, thank you. That's a hat. It was PD who said that. So like, yeah. it's, a great, it's, a, it's, it's a good point. They haven't bothered me up to this point. Brady really hasn't bothered me. What started it was, was when Brady was in his underwear shooting a commercial. That started to be, that was like, okay, dude. And then yesterday watching this Brady run stupid New York campaign thing he's got going on. Was it, it was like another brick in the wall and then Gronk retiring. And then Rosenhaus is like, yeah, but if Tom calls in week 12, I could see him play like uh, really. Yeah. 
just either walk or don't walk. Okay. Like don't do this yo-yoing back and forth guys. It's super annoying. Yeah. Like just stop. It is. And they can do what they want because Tampa, I mean, he's a four time champion. What does Gronk have left to prove? Nothing. He's a hall of famer. First ballot hall of famer, top five tight end of all time. Not even a question. So what's left? What? You just want to go run and catch passes from Tommy. Like that's, that's it. Yeah. That the hell's left with, for, for Gronk. Just walk. <laughs> Be done. Walk away <laughs> and say it and mean it. Brady. I'm retired. No, I'm not. I'm retired. No, I'm not. What? 40 day retirement, just to spite Adam Schefter or whatever. You shoot a commercial, you shoot a whole docu-series for man in the arena where you're talking about retiring. It gets leaked to ESPN. You're pissed off. They got leaked to ESPN. It's false. Your dad's out there, you know, telling the world Tommy's not retiring. No, he's not. Then Tommy retires. 40 days, 40 days later, Tommy comes back. Up, oh, I'm back. Like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. Come on. Ridiculous. So <laughs> freaking annoying it is very annoying right now i'm, I'm glad yeah, you i'm feel getting that way i'm getting actually, to my, my like wits end of this. i like it. uh speaking of <laughs> seeing the light how about FanDuel putting up odds that your quarterback's going to be kenny pickett next year plus like one it. plus 135 now Ooh. you got <laughs> mitchell trubisky at minus 170 but could you see kenny pickett's being the starting quarterback game one i don't think so but it could happen, I guess. We'll see. What it's a short number. Goes. Plus 135 is a short number on Kenny Pickett doing the job. Well, you, you've said it to me here on the show, and other people I've heard say it. Uh, I've had discussions with people about it. He could win the job. I don't think they brought Mitchell Trubisky in for him to not be the starter, at least at the beginning. But if he doesn't have success, or obviously if he gets hurt, Kenny Pickett's the starter. Um, we'll see how... We'll see how training camp goes. I would bet. I would bet that Trubisky. Just saying it out loud. It actually sounds kind of funny. But <laughs> see? I would bet As that we all. <laughs> welcome to the club. This is I, how we all feel. I would Mitchell bet Trubisky, that, and you start laughing. Like you just, just start laughing. Mitchell Trubisky minus one seventy to be the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It it just doesn't come naturally. I no, got to see not. it first. Um, but this is fun. This is like. I give them credit for putting this stuff up. Even if you don't take bets on it, we're talking about it on shows. There'll be other shows talking about it. Then you might get some bets. I mean, the books give away all this money and promo codes and all this other promotional money. Put up lines and take bets on stuff and get money that way. I think it's great. I mean, I I, I, I love the forward thinking of it. Would you bet pick it? At plus one thirty-five, I wouldn't. If you told me like two to one, I might. Right. I'm, I'm just stunned at the price. The price is stunning. I'm like, what do you mean plus one thirty-five? Like that means he has a, like a legitimate shot of winning this thing. I would say game one. Like if you told me, if you gave me a bet that Kenny Pickett will start a game this season for Pittsburgh, that's a yes bet for me. He will start a game this year for Pittsburgh. But game one, I don't know. Even that's if he's better. Benetta. Even if he's better. Then Trubetsky. I can't see him game one getting the reins. Patriots did it though. I mean, you know, Belichick and Tomlin think alike on a lot of things. And Tomlin might look at it and be like, hey, we drafted him. Let's go. We don't need this dude. We don't need Trubetsky. Kenny, let's go. Hi. Start on the road at Cincinnati. That'll be a dump all in bed on Cincy. <laughs> 
rookie quarterback starting on the road. I'll never forget. I was at one of the last Steeler games I was ever at was John Elway. He made throw the ball 10 times, Dave. It's Najee right, Najee left, play defense in that game. That's all that is. I, I, I saw John Elway's debut in person, wow. and he was getting hammered. He threw, four, he threw like four picks in that game, right? Terrible debut. He sucked in that game. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. And I mean, I, I was like 13. I knew. I knew they were coming to Pittsburgh. They're going to lose. I didn't know anything about the line then at the time. I just knew that the Steelers were going to win the game. Mm. Kenny Pickett starts at Cincinnati. We have to remember we're playing the Bengals minus the points. Oh, I might alt spread that if that happens. Oh, now you're just being rude. Like well, I mean, the the Bengals whipped up on them last year. They I mean, did. those were the best performances of the season for Joe Burrow. Him and Jamar Chase had like, didn't Chase have like a, have a three, have like 280 a yard yards game? Yeah, yeah, like a 300 yard yeah. game. He set like a record for rookie receiving against the Steelers Couldn't in a single game. I was bad. <laughs> so um, if you have a rookie quarterback having to keep pace with that, best of luck to you. That's that's going to be not going to be tough. All right. Time now for the circus sports schedule of the day being brought to you by circus sports, the Bostonian versus the book brought to you by the circa million Four football handicapping contest. Most exciting football handicapping contest is back another year. Four will deliver you six mil and guaranteed total prizes. One million bucks. First place prize. This contest once again will not take a rake and any fees go right back into the prize pool. Each player making five pick against the spread. Each pick worth one point. Most points, you win a million dollars. At least entries are $1,000, maximum three per player. Test your skill this season against the best handicappers in the world for your chance to win a million dollars. For more information about contest rules and sign-up information, log on to circusports.com. Team of the day, Indianapolis Colts. Dave, FanDuel has taken the nine and a half and the over is juiced to minus 160. (laughs) Minus 160. Why not go to 10? Uh, <laughs> this number I mean, is how many times do we have to have this discussion? But this is, number is nine and a half minus 160. I mean, like four and a half, five and a half, six and a half. Okay, fine. Team gets hot. Nine and a half at minus 160 is come off of it. Like this is a this is a dumb number. I don't know how many more bets we'd have to take to move it to 10. Like one, two, right? Like if if somebody, if if you give somebody five dimes on these things, which is a pretty fair limit on a season win, and somebody comes in and lays you to win 5,000, that's 8,000 to win five on a season win total. And they're willing to lay 160. I think you owe it to yourself and them to go to 10 flat if you want. It must be close to the number. I mean, we'll go through it now. And I have not looked one second. Over the cold schedule. Oh, that's your first impression is over. Over. Obviously, that's the side because they're minus 160, but is it far over? We'll see. We'll go through it right now. Game one at Houston. Win. Game two at Jacksonville, a return to the house of horrors. What happened last year? Loss. Wow, I have a win. That's a, that game is circled, starred, italicized, bold-faced. The Colts are going down there pissed off. They win that game. They're mad, mad, mad after what happened last year. Matt Ryan outside. I'm okay with it. In, in September in Florida. Running the ball down their throat. 
over. Game over? Game over. Probably. Yeah, we'll keep that one in the back. Two and out. I got one and one. Home opener against Kansas City. Oh, my. Not an easy game. Early in the season, does that favor the Colts or the, or the Chiefs? I think the Chiefs crush them. I think the Chiefs beat them, too. Still one win for me. Two and one. Home for Tennessee. Win. They'll split. Three and one. At Denver, October the 6th, Thursday night football. Loss. <sighs> Tough game. Tough. Yeah. They could win it. But the Thursday night thing, it's such a disadvantage for the road team. Such a disadvantage. At altitude. It's brutal. Matt Ryan outdoors. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Lost three two. Home for Jacksonville. Win. Agreed. Four wins at Tennessee. I had him winning. A, did they play Tennessee already? Yep, at home. Well, they play. They play four, Tennessee four two of the first games. Two of the first seven games are against or against Tennessee. Two of the first seven games are against Jacksonville. Wow. Yeah. Um. All right. So they win the home game against Jacksonville. That's four. For me. Yep. I have five. Uh at Tennessee. Well, that's the one we just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just did that. So it's it's Tennessee. At, at Tennessee, you're doing so. I have it as four and two. You have it as three and three. Right. Okay. At at Tennessee. Prior to the okay. Um they lose. I agree. Four and three. Uh you have three and four. Right. Uh Washington at home. When Agreed. Five at New England. Oh, just one of those primetime games. Nope. Sunday, November 6th, one o'clock kick. Lose. Mm-hmm. They win one of the, they either beat the Patriots or they beat the Raiders back to back road trips at New England at Las Vegas. Wow. They go to New England, then they go to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Lose. I got four still. Lose them both. I, I think they lose them both. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think they win one of them. So I'm at six. Uh, Pittsburgh at home. Monday night football. Jeez. Colts win. I have seven. At Dallas. Nope. Lose. Sun, Sunday night football. I would agree. Lose. Bye week in week fourteen. Okay. Off the bye at Minnesota. Win. Agreed. I have eight at the Chargers. Lose. Agreed. At the Giants. Win. Home for Houston. Win. Ten. I have eight. I have ten. Wow. I think they win ten games. It's right so, around that number, but I mean, that's... Uh, I mean, dude, let's do the, the road games, non-division. Non-division road games are at Denver. At oh. New England, oh. at Las Vegas, at Dallas, at the Giants, at the Vikings. Damn, that's hard. Vikings that's are tough. a dome team. So right. they have that. They, they're used to that. I like that. They can run the ball on them. Um, What's their home games? Not division? V- Vegas, is a, Vegas is a dome. I think they, they, they're going to beat either the Patriots or the Raiders, one of the two. I don't think they lose both those games. Right. So, and I, and I would lean towards them beating the Raiders more than beating the Patriots. Um, what's the, what's the home games? Non-division, non-division home games, Kansas city, tough Washington, 
Should win that one. Eagles. Steelers. You didn't say the Eagles game. In the schedule. You didn't say the Eagles game. Did I skip over it? Oh, that's my bad. Sorry. That's my win. That's that's my nine wins. Okay. So you're at nine. Okay. Um, And I'm at 10. Uh, And then home for the Chargers. I think their bottom is way lower than their top. I mean, what's the most they can win? 11? 11. Max. 11 or 12. I mean, 12 is really unlikely. No way they win 12. Really unlikely to win 12. And you need Matt Ryan staying healthy as well. That's the other. other Who's the backup? Um, Their backup this year is going to be Nick Foles. (laughs) Remember, Remember they went and got big blank Nick? Yeah. They brought, they bought, they brought him back to be with, to 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 go and see what he can do. Oh man, with Frankie with Frankie Reich. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to end up. I, I don't. I Look, don't. They've got Jonathan Tennessee Taylor. Division. Who? Tennessee. No, I don't think so. Colts win a division. I think so. I think the Titans are. I think the Titans are at poised, ten and poised. seven. The poise maybe eleven and five, but the Titans are due to fall on their face this year. I think this is the this is the fall off year. I don't think I don't think Tannehill's right in the head. I think they got big, big. I think that the way the playoffs ended for them last year, I think it's a everyone is questioning whether or not they've got the quarterback. We'll do the Titans tomorrow. But okay. I don't I I do not like the Titans next year. I was on them last year. I was on their win total last year. They went over in the win total last year. They're one of my teams that I bet on. I hit on for the Titans. I just, I think the exact opposite. I will fade them a lot this year. Wow. Let me see what these. Uh, what's the division odds right now? I'm looking. Let's see. Oh. NFL division odds are. I mean, I think. Let's see. Division, division odds. Oh, there we go. AFC right South. Colts minus 105. Titans plus 150. Right. That's right. I agree with that. That's fair. Titans should Titans should be second and Colts should be the team to beat. Okay. Just think offensively, their 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 offensive line is so good. It they're is. gonna do they're gonna do what the Falcons couldn't do with Matt Ryan. They're gonna protect him. He's gonna be able to stand back there and survey and hit open receivers. And I like, I mean, they have Pittman Jr., you have Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce. They've got some decent weapons. Mo Ali Cox is the tight end spot. They're going to run the ball. You're going to run the They're ball. Gonna, I mean, that's and, that's and dig that's, and dunk. That's going to be their success. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's defense is so good, though. It is, but it is until it isn't. And it wasn't at the key moments last year. It was Jacksonville was seven to one to win the division, and Houston's twenty five to one. I don't know if I've should ever be, seen a twenty five to one number. Fifty one should be hundred to win a division. Like that is so ridiculous to me. Texans are going to be the worst team in football. I oh, can't wait till we do their season. When's when's that? Until we got Tennessee tomorrow. We got Houston on Friday. We can, or we can do Jacksonville one or the other. Oh, Jacksonville Friday. Okay, just depends who you want to do. I don't know. I probably will hold. I probably will hold Jacksonville to Monday because starting the week with the Texans is worse than than doing the Jets. Yeah, but it's so. roll call Friday. We, get, uh, we might have to do it on. We might have to do Jacksonville. It's a way more entertaining discussion. On Monday? We have to do Jacksonville on Friday. Oh, right. So I mean, 
Oh, yeah. no, I was saying it's more an entertaining yeah, discussion. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, Houston. I mean, Houston. What's worse, Houston or the Jets? We did the Jets yesterday. Man, Houston's man. worse. Houston's worse than the Jets. <laughs> Do you know what their win total is? Four and a half. Five? I was four and a half. Five. Four and a half. Yikes. Four and a half. I oh, yeah. absolutely incredibly embarrassing. Four Love and it. a half is bad news, man. That is <laughs> that is really, really bad from a win total perspective to start the year Ooh. for any for a team. So I'm not looking forward to doing that at all. All right, time now for uh the props.com story of the day. Yes. Let's get into a little home run props from our guy Spencer Limbach here. Do you like home run prop betting? Nope. I don't either. No, nope. it feels it's like so all random nothing, to me. Right. Um, and I don't feel like we're ever really getting the right price. Like, I feel well, like I mean, okay, so Juan Soto, he according to Spencer, his best his favorite prop today is Juan Soto at plus six twenty-five at the Orioles. At least I feel like we're getting a good price at that. 14 home runs for Soto, 31 RBIs. Average exit velocity is still top 10 in baseball. Five home runs in the last 16 games. Tyler Wells going for Baltimore. He's averaged 1.3 home runs per nine innings. The league average is 1.06. And our boys over at betprep.com say this is a 38% edge on the plus 625. Smaller ballpark. Soto would have two more home runs this year if he played every year at Candom Yards, according to Baseball Savant. I believe that. So what, plus 625? On Soto to go deep today. Uh, I'd be in the book welcoming Spencer. Of course. Taking the bet. <laughs> well, these are all, I mean. one of the drink ticket. To I, me, I wouldn't bet this. This is the roulette bet of baseball. Okay. Is this it? Is, to me, it is. This is walking up and putting ten bucks down on a, on a solo number on the roulette table. Like the, you can handicap the hell out of this and go broke betting home run props. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, look at last night. Justin Turner hit the top of the wall. If his ball was two inches farther, it's a home run. Instead, the top of the wall, it's a double. Like you're just dealing with such a margin that I don't bet home run props for this reason. You don't even know who the guy's hitting against other than the first at bat. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like you could do all the work and say, well, he's seven for 15 lifetime against this guy. Look okay. Well, that that means he got him out half the time and seven for 15 is really good average wise, but he only has two home runs against them. Yeah. Okay. He may only see him twice or once if he stinks. Yeah. If he right. gets through the order once, you know, and, and a guy's hitting fifth or sixth, he may not see the guy again. And now who we now we're hoping he hits a home run against the middle relief guy for the the Red Sox or whomever, you know, right. the Orioles today. Right. If no idea who's going to be pitching. So yeah, good luck with those home run props. They're tough. <laughs> yeah, they're really they're very, very tough. I would agree. All right. Uh our betprep.com prop bet of the day. Padres pitcher Mike Clevinger. Clevinger. Yep. Has been Pretty good, but we're going to go under five and a half K's at minus 135 on this. Okay. Six or more K's in one of his last five games, averaging 4.4 a game. One of his last five against teams with losing records, Padres today against the D-backs. Six or more in zero of his last four starts after a win, averaging just four per game. Now this game, I have this game in better to book it, so I'm not 
inclined to like this bet of under five and a half Ks. Day game in San Diego. Uh Uh-huh. Is he going six innings today? I hope so. I need him to. (laughs) For my bet, I need him to. (laughs) Is he going six innings today? Um... I I would only take under. Although that one thirty five is that's getting a bit like steep for me. But I would only take under. Clevenger I don't think over. he goes. I don't think he goes through six innings. So so his last five starts two five five six four. Yeah, under. He's gone two innings, three innings, five innings, four and a third, and four and two thirds. That's not enough. Uh-uh. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like we're. To, to bet but over, he's been and pretty, take that but he's been over. pretty good. So he's like, he's almost like an opener for this team right now. He's gone two inning, two earned, one earned, zero, yeah. two, and three. Yeah, it's it's he's been he's been really good. Um, but it's I, weird. I, he, he he doesn't go far enough into the game to actually qualify to get enough K's to get. Yeah, this is the K the K handicap is as much about you know having swing and miss stuff as it is going six innings. When the number's right. five and a half, you have to get an K an inning. If you don't normally do that, okay. So now you're going to go five innings or less. Now you need an inning with two Ks. Mm-hmm. I, that's asking a lot. I, I would only play this under. Yeah, I'm going to be curious to see how how Clemier <laughs> goes today because I need him. I need him to go at least four. I can't I need him to get four and one run run and and and, and be decent today <sighs> against against the Diamondbacks. Uh, for you guys on Sports Grid, this is, we, we, we might be able to get the full Better to Book It in. I don't know if we're going to get it in or not. We'll see if we can do this. Better to Book It's being brought to you by Fliff. Get Fliff, the social sports book. It is a $25 deposit in your account if Fliff is legal in your state just for signing up with the promo code PROPS when you sign up for a new account at getfliff.com to download the application. All right, I'm going right back to the well here. Dodgers run line minus 105. Against the Reds here today. Why betting not? Inter, betting and booking it. Betting my, it. My boy Anderson's on the mound, 8 and 0 with a 0.8 whip. I and see. this bullpen, I know it's Castillo for the other side for the Reds. So people are going, well, it's Castillo. He's decent at home. But that Reds bullpen got exposed four runs in the eighth inning yesterday by the Dodgers. I think they'll do the same thing to the bullpen tonight. I mean, I've seen you coming. You and everybody else got the Dodgers <laughs> today. I mean, I, we, this is this is if you don't have the run line, I don't know what you're doing. You gladly want to lay 150 every game. They played five times this year. Dodgers are five and zero oh on the run line this year. Exactly. The so Reds. this is if you didn't have this, I'd have been more surprised. <laughs> this is this I mean, is the play, right? This is this is you know. Yeah. I looked at the schedule this morning and I was like, man. How many people are going to have the Dodgers today on the run line, straight up in the money line, put in a parlay today? This would be one of the biggest needs for the book. And listen, the book doesn't win these games a lot of times, too. I know Castillo, people bet him based on last year. Yep. It's been okay, though. He's not been bad, but it's last year. It's last year he was much better. Yes. He was consistent last year, consistently good. Now he's consistently inconsistent. Mm -hmm. And you know, Gonsolin for yesterday for the Dodgers, one of the easiest bets. Anderson, he's going to lose. It's going to happen. I don't think it's today. Totally. Yeah. 
Pirates and the Cubs. We touched on this a little bit already with the Cubs oh, who are, that's a Pirates hat in pink. That's a, this is a big league chew special edition. Um, Pirates old logo. I'll show it to the camera. Oh, there it is. Wow. There. Bucko logo in the pink. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. So I knew we were coming with, I was hoping you were coming pirates, but you're coming with. Well, here's the thing though. Like this is where, this is my, my, my wonky Wednesday situation. So the pirates win game. They win game one, 12, one. They win game two, seven, one. Yes, they do. Third game of the series going for a sweep. This is the game. The Cubs win. Is it? So that's my point. That's, that's the coin flip, right? (laughs) That's the, the Cubs could win this game. So I'm like, you know what? I like the over. They are favored. favored on the yeah, because the kid you guys are throwing has not thrown this year in the big leagues. I love so, that. So no one, no one knows a damn thing about the guy with a four ERA who played in Japan, who's 30 years old. He's bounced yeah. around. I mean, no I one knows it. who this dude is for the cup for, for the pirates today. So I need the Cubs to score four runs because I think the, the pirates are scoring five. So I need the Cubs to score four runs. Uh First time starter, I like to bet the unders. I guess a triple A guy with an area of four. How many? I mean, Thompson's been good. This is one of those games he was win um, two potentially, but I looked at it last night for Thompson. Last start wasn't good, right? Last start was not good at all. Last start was bad. He got lit up in his last start. Yeah, you actually you had him. We, we did better. I cursed him. I bet yes. against him, and I cursed. So him. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna book this one. Thinking this game stays under, but this is wonky because the Pirates are hitting. Correct. The whole lineup is hitting. These kids are coming up. It's exciting. Everybody's talking about O'Neill Cruz and him. And actually, I'm sorry, he was good. I'm sorry, he was good in his last start. So against the Braves, he won one nothing. But the three starts, the three starts before that, three earned runs and two and a third against the Yankees didn't get out of the first inning, and then. Gave up seven earned on the on the road at Baltimore. His last right. two road starts have been bad. Small favorite. They were small only favorite be, Baltimore only because think, of right? who's being thrown by the Pirates. It would not be a small favorite otherwise. Yeah, I I I I, I will book this one. I think okay. this game goes under. And before we say goodbye to Sports Grid, yep. Diamondbacks Padres under eight. Diamondbacks, the two, Padres, the two Padres. best under teams, two of the best under teams in all of baseball, facing off against each other, coming up here today. Bet it seven and a half. That's good. I got, got I got eight last night. Right. Yeah, that's good. Um, so it was eight. Well, it was eight this morning, and then it moved overnight. I couldn't get a number on it because they were still playing. So Vegas didn't put it up, and then this morning the Westgate put up minus one twenty under eight minus one twenty. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That game, that game was on late, even for West Coast. I actually, I tweeted the post game interview. The back. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's what the walk off for the Padres. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. And Who was said, that dude? <laughs> he's, he's the he's the catcher, Alfaro. <laughs> he said, "Oh, all right, yeah, it was a great game, and let's fucking go, San Diego." <laughs> On the left. Well, no, he didn't just he didn't just say it to the media. He said it on the in stadium <laughs> microphone. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So the whole stadium heard him say it. <laughs> That's what was great about it is that he dropped the f bomb on everybody. I tweeted it. I uh, I, I recorded. Great. I tweeted it. Then actually, I said it to Gump, and Gump put it on his Twitter. It's like it has thousands of views. It's just it's just pure innocence and just saying it because it's what he was saying. It was phenomenal. Um, bet this under. These games in San Diego have been going under a lot. We got Bumgarner on the mound. 
I mean, yep. it's Mad Bum going. You have the whole <laughs> series that's been going. Uh, I mean, yeah. Padres are one of the best teams to the under, and the D-backs don't score against anybody. Games on ESPN Plus. Clevenger against Mad Bum. In this series so far, uh, it's been over for the season. This game's only gone more than over eight once. Six, three, seven, 15, five, five. Man. These teams don't score against each other. Only one game has gone over. Do you like Don Orsillo? I love Don Orsillo. I love, I mean, I swear I one of the best, him. greatest joys of every night for me is just turning him on while he's doing the Padre games. I absolutely love him. Like he was Carl, so wrong by the Red Sox. Oh, one of the, I, I, one of I the just, awful things the Red Sox did to, to him. Can't it, believe it. Yeah. He, Carl. Him and him and Jerry Remy and the Red Sox in, in the Jerry Remy Memorial. On top of oh. that, they, they, they really horrifically decided not to have his video tribute be a part of the whole presentation. Red Sox with Don Orsillo, there's, I've been told every time I tweet about Don Orsillo and the Red Sox being pissed off, people in the media in Boston say, Matt, next time you and I are in Boston together, come and I'll tell you the whole story. Like there's a lot that I don't know that Ooh. people want to tell me about what Ooh. happened between the Red Sox and Don Orsillo. There's a lot. There's like, like someone told me there's a book waiting to be written about it in terms wow. of how it went down. So there's got to be like a lot of really nasty dirt between the two sides. Maybe both sides are to blame, or maybe it really is even worse than I even know about what the Red Sox did to Don Orsillo. But it's wow. one of the worst things that ownership for the Red Sox have done. Can't wait to hear the story. It's really bad. Sports Grid, thank you so much. We'll be back coming up tomorrow, 11 p.m. Pacific time after the Pat McAfee show for you guys on, on YouTube. Stick around. Favorite thing about today hits us right now for this show. What is your favorite thing about today, Dave? So preparations have begun for, um, we got a graduation party on Saturday and I was invited, but I'm not really part of the preparations. I was just told <laughs> you, you're allowed to invite a, a very small number of people because it's really party's not for you. It's for the kid middle can sig, And it's kind of a joint one. Because Big Can Sig Kylie didn't really get a graduation party because we were in COVID. <sighs> so she graduated high school and everybody, like, um, we were doing that drive-by thing. Like, wave and have a parade and see all your friends. Nobody got out of the car. Nobody came in the house because everybody was afraid to get together. Oh. So this is our first, like, shindig. In the, back, uh, in the new backyard. We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it at the house. All right. Um, so... Talking about food opportunities, beverages of choice. I'm not a part of any of it. I was just so. Told, is it going to be like, you know, middle can sigs all friends, and then, you know, older can say can have a couple, or can she invite the same number? Like, how, um, does, that, how does that work between the, the the oldest and the middle? I, I'm I'm trying to stay out of it as much okay. as possible. I, that, I was, that seems volatile. That seems like a volatile situation. I was just told. <laughs> You can invite like five people. Okay. Well, I appreciate it's, it's, that. I was like, yeah. So I was like, all right, I got a couple of guys that got to come. And, <laughs> you know, you have to bring the kid because the kids know each other. So that, yeah. that gets you in. Oh, Maddie's, Maddie's excited. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kendall's going to be there. I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be, there's going to be big kids. There's going to be little kids. There's oh. going to be all kind of kids. There's going to be adults. Maybe. I don't I, think I, I've I don't gone know. to a party in two years. Right, this is a big deal. A I lot, haven't I mean, gone like, to a. I'm trying to think. Of when was the last time I went to a gathering of a, of random adults at a house? Your house. That's one of the last ones I went to. Was at your house when you had us over. Right. And okay. That was a year ago. 
But that, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess at my house, I did have a party at my house. That's true. But I haven't right. gone to somebody else's house. I haven't right. gone to any, right. I don't, oh, yeah. 2019, 2020, February it's of 2020. Been, it's legitimately been two years. Yeah. It's, you know, you've gone to somebody's house and like uh, oh, had a oh. party or watched a game and like had everybody over and did the right. things we all used to do. So amazing. Everything about today is that, you know, the girls all have like, this is their appointment day where they're doing nails, they're doing hair, they're doing all this other stuff. So I apparently have four hours until I go on sports grid later to get the hats and all of my other shit in order. I was told you better have it done by tomorrow. Your hats? I mean like you have to organize your hats for the house? <laughs> really? I can only have them in a certain place. Wow. Cares about How many are we talking, by the way? To, to just give the audience a ballpark number. What are we talking about? I have Three over a hundred. Triple? Oh my. Over a hundred. I have over a hundred minimum. Like I didn't even count the BVB hats. I, I just I just know those, I have a hundred hats right now. It doesn't count the BVB hats. <laughs> no, like you know what I got with the BVB hats. You have yeah. a 10. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. There's a lot of hats. But I mean, I was told get this shit organized. So Okay. I'm 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 working on it right now. I Jess, that. If you're if you're actually watching the show, <laughs> Kendall, Kendall tell mom I'm, I'm working. On it. Daddy's I'm almost, doing his job. Don't worry, he's we're almost it. done. Me and Matt are almost done. Don't worry. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Um, for me, my favorite thing about today is I don't know, like when we were, when we were kids, snow days were a big thing. Yes, like we love snow days, right? So yes. we live in a place where we don't have snow, right? So now rain is Madeline's version of snow. There's clouds outside. There's clouds outside. She woke it's up like, today. It's going to rain. She woke up today. <laughs> eyes popped open. She was sleepy. She looked, she looked at the sky. She ran to the went, wait, is it going to snow? Is it going to rain? And I was like, I don't know. She's like, it's going to rain. I'm like, I don't know if it's going to rain or not. She's like, but it looks like it's going to rain. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, it might rain. My favorite thing is that like our, my kid actually gets excited about rain because we don't have rain here in the, in Vegas. So it's actually like a major event when there's water falling from the sky because we never see it and she never sees it. And I just, it just, it's a reminder that she's growing up in a completely different world than I ever grew up in. And that it's like, it's just so interesting to me to like watch or vicariously live through her and going like, you're excited about rain. Like, this is what gets you going today. That rain is a big damn thing. Like whenever it rained, when I was growing up, it was like, ah, you son of a, you, you, you oh, get pissed off. You're like, I can't play outside. My game got rained out. My practice got rained out, whatever it might right. be. Her. She's like actually like hoping like, daddy, is it going to rain? Is it going to rain? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it looks like it's going to rain. She's like, how much will it rain? I'm like, it's monsoon season. A quarter of an inch? I don't know. Like it's going to be a drizzle. Like it's a big deal. To it an may acre. rain hard for a very short amount of time or it may drizzle for an hour. Right. But the clouds are there. And it's funny because we're all, I mean, we're living in a bubble. Right. Here. We, we, we see the sun. You put the number at like 330 days. Yes. I, I, I tell, tell people it's like, it's 300. No, nope. can't tell them 330 because it they is moving here. Okay. But it's, I'd say it's 340. I think it's close. I think it's like 20 days like this all year where it's cloud cover. It is it very is, rare. It, it's very rare, but this will be the day. Like when it rains, I stay oh, locked in the house. Don't drive in this town. Hell no. 
You do not drive in this town. I ain't going nowhere. LA always, people in LA like, oh, it rained. I can't drive in LA. Yeah, come to Vegas. It's even worse. Never drive when it's raining. Just People know, have no idea. They have no clue. They, they're they're f- sliding all over, but the, everybody doesn't know. I mean, I, people don't even know if their wipers work. True. Like, you don't use your wipers for five months here. They fr- Other than they, spray off some dust. Right. And then, but the problem is, is that by the time you go to use them, the sun fried work. them. They don't work. So the sun <laughs> fries them. So they're just stick. They're literally like hardened rubber. So they don't push any water because they're just so firm. They don't do anything. So you realize like, oh no, my wipers are broken. And it's like the one time you need them in a downpour, it's horrible. I always, ch- I tell the kids all the time, check the wipers. They're like, why? I, Please. Yeah, because you're going to be somewhere on the other side of town, and it's going to rain, and I'm going to have to come pick you up because you can't drive in the rain. We drove in everything growing up, like it, it's it's just normal for most people in most places. Driving in the rain, you drive in the snow, you drive when it's hot. It doesn't matter. Yeah, out here, used to it. Drive slower. No driving in the rain. None. Nope. 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 nope not happening. Very dangerous. So. <laughs> We'll be back tomorrow, guys. Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, the replay on Sports Grid tonight. Hit the like button on this if you're watching on YouTube for us. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. He is Dave. I'm Matt. We're back tomorrow for a Thursday's Bostonian versus the book.